Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. However you may be listening, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or through any of the podcast platforms, thank you for being here. I'm your host, Pete Newbig, and we have another great show today. We have Eric Weatherington with Renner's Insurance Solutions. Today, we're going to discuss the different types of insurance solutions for property managers, focusing on the security deposit replacement insurance. So Eric is an MPM RMP, is the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives for Pure Property Management and the founder and CEO of Renner's Insurance Solutions. Eric has over 25 years of experience working in various aspects of the insurance industry and was the NARPM National President in 2019. And I was honored enough to serve under him as the Regional Vice President in 2019 while Eric was the President for NARPM. And Eric was the CEO of New Heights Property Management located in South Carolina. And one of the things about Eric is he has a heart of gold and he is a giver by nature. And uh, I say this because Eric was one of the first few people I met when I joined NARPM. And like in the first first phone conversation I had with him, I asked him if I could come over to his, his place in South Carolina, if I could fly out there from Houston, and if I could just see how he runs his business. And Eric is like, when do you want to come? And not only did I show up, with my business partner, but he then had a, he had a whole day scheduled out and he had every one of his people come and spend a little bit of time with us, which I thought was just amazing. That was back, Eric, I think that was in 2013 when I did that. I was just starting out. I didn't know anything from anything. And now I am the voice of NARPM. So go figure that out. Anything is possible, people. So I look forward to speaking with Eric here in a few minutes, but now it's time for the hot topic, the hot topic of the day. So because I have Eric on and Eric has an incredible, he has, he has a class that he teaches at NARPM. He's taught this at NARPM and he's actually taught this at real world about KPIs and about knowing your numbers as a business. So I thought it would be nice of me to get on my soapbox and talk about when I talk to all these business owners, it's amazing how many of them do not know their numbers. They don't know what numbers to track. And then the numbers that they should be tracking, they don't even know, they don't track them. And and I'm like, how in the world can you run a profitable business if you do not know the numbers that you're supposed to be chasing and that you're making sure that you're hitting those numbers? So, you know, when I ran Empire, uh, the first year or two, I was just like that. I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't looking at numbers. And uh, amazing, we weren't making any money right? Or we just weren't, we, we, we didn't have that North star. We weren't going where we wanted to go. So I implore all of you, if you do not have a bunch of numbers that you're looking at, you should have your, your numbers for your business. So there should be about three to seven, what we call key performance indicators, KPIs. And then everyone in your organization should have a number. So you're like, okay, Pete, well, give me an example. All right. Well, I'll just give you some, exa- some numbers that, that Steve and I looked at at Empire. Like we looked at number of leads 
and, and the number of opportunities, which they weren't, we had a distinct definition of what a lead was, what an opportunity was, and then the conversion rate. We want to know our cost per lead and per opportunity. We'll know how many doors we gained, how many doors we lost, and the number of doors we had per employee and the cost of payroll per door were some of the numbers we looked at. And so we looked at our numbers weekly, and then there were some quarterly numbers that we looked at. And obviously, there were some yearly numbers we looked at. Uh, but if you're looking at a number one time a year, I mean, you're not really tracking that number. So what we, we like the weekly numbers and then the quarterly numbers or the monthly numbers, I should say. And then we gave everybody in the organization, every job role. So it wasn't per person, it was per job role, had a number, either one to three KPIs. And if one person had way more then three, if they had eight, nine key performance indicators, th that job was too big. And we need to cut that job down to two or three. And so this early on, our property managers had like 11 like KPIs. And I'm like, okay, th there's no wonder when everything's important, nothing is important. And so we made sure that everybody had numbers that they were easy to report on and that they, we had a weekly meeting. And if, if a number wasn't hit, we had to determine is it an issue, a challenge that we had to go and, and do something about, or is the number not correct? Like meaning was a number just not, we're never going to hit it and we need to readjust the number. And that's okay if you have need to readjust the number, but people, please make sure you go out there and start tracking your, your data and start knowing your numbers. Because if you don't, you don't know if your, if your team is doing what they're supposed to be doing because they have no idea because they don't have a number. And then of course you have no idea if the business is supposed to be doing what it's doing because it doesn't have a number. So that's my rant of the day. And let's go ahead and we're going to take a commercial break real quick. We need a word from some of our sponsors. Appreciate that. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back. And so now we're going to have our interview with my good buddy, Eric Weatherington, CEO and co-founder of Renters Insurance. Well, first, this is a NARPM podcast, and I want people to understand how important NARPM is not to my life and to my business. So uh, tell me how NARPM in, impacted your business when you were with New Horizon. So Pete, we started our property management company, New Heights Property Management, back in late 2008. And, you know, I had a lot of experience starting companies and, and doing things like that. So I knew 
the importance of business and, and all those things, but I, I really didn't know a whole lot about property management, to be honest with you. And so I began searching almost immediately for some group of people that got together and shared ideas about property management. And, and I looked and looked and it, it honestly, it took me several months before all of a sudden I stumbled across NARPM's website and, and I found them. The closest chapter to me here in Charleston, South Carolina was Atlanta, Georgia. And so oh, not I, so close. Not so close, right? <laughs> About four and a half hour drive away. And so, so I picked up and, and made a point of driving to Georgia for the next chapter meeting and drove all the way to Atlanta, spent the night there, met some just fantastic people uh, that, that are part of NARPM really all over the country. And of course, I didn't know that at the time, but, uh, and, and those people just kind of took me in and started sharing information with me and, and opened themselves up to me visiting their offices and calling them with questions. And, and, and that was really how I first got into NARPM. And I tell you, it, it wasn't long before I realized that the value that NARPM and those relationships that I made with people that I met at NARPM just had such a great return on my investment in, in my business that, you know, I had to tell other people and ultimately had to give back to NARPM and to the great folks that were part of NARPM. And that's why I, that's what eventually led me to getting into NARPM leadership at a national level. And now there is a chapter in Charleston, South Carolina. Now there's a great chapter in Charleston. I'm glad that I was able to be a part of uh, seeing that chapter get started. And it's, it's a great chapter, have a great board. And a, and a great group of folks here that, that get together and share and, and help each other. And I'm glad that I was a, able to be a small part of, of seeing that get started. And that's the one thing about NARPM that's kind of, I think it's different from many other organizations is the, the people that are, that are part of the organization are so willing to give back. And so if you're thinking about joining NARPM, I, it's highly recommended. It. It's like Eric said, for it, did, it gave him a return on his investment, and it gave me a return on my investment as well. Without without NARPM, I never grow empire. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, and I'm probably sued, <laughs> and I'm probably out of business without without NARPM. So, Eric, you you ran a great business, and I know you merged with Pure just recently. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. So, tell me, why start Renters Insurance Solutions? Well, Pete, that's a great question. And one of the things that I, I noticed, you know, as we were, were on our journey with New Heights Property Management was that trends that were uh, prevalent in the multifamily space eventually made their way to the single family marketplace. And, you know, a lot of people were renters in apartments before they became renters of single family homes. And so, so there, so there was a, there was a definitive tracing of being able to look at new trends and new new things that came into the single family business that started in multifamily. So a couple of years ago, my daughter, who was a senior in college, needed to do an internship. And so she she applied and, and landed an internship at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so in order to move to Charlotte, she needed an apartment, a place to live. And so she went and applied for an apartment. Now, my daughter is a 21-year-old college student. She had no debt. She had no credit card. She had no credit score and she had no job. She had no income. And this internship was going to be an unpaid internship. And so she went and applied. 
applied for an apartment and it was going to be around $1,250 a month for the particular apartment that she applied for. Cause it was a short, you know, four month, four month lease. And so she told me, okay, dad, I applied for the apartment. And I said, okay, great. I said, let me know when I'm going to be getting my link to the co-signers application. And she goes, oh no, dad, there's no co-signer required. What? And I said, really? I said, well, then how much security deposit am I going to have to put down for this apartment? Because I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to have to pay the full thing in advance or what, what is the deal here? Yeah. And she I said, mean, oh, no, dad. Security deposits one year of, of rent in advance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for a four-month rental. <clears throat> and so I said, well, then how much security deposit am I going to have to put down as I pay for this uh, apartment? And she goes, oh, no, dad, there's no security deposit. And I said, you better send me that lease for me to look at because it doesn't sound right at all to me. Too good to be true. <laughs> And so I, I read through that lease and sure enough, here's, you know, this apartment complex renting to a 21 year old college student who has no income, no credit score, and they don't require any security deposit and they require no cosigner. And I said, this is crazy. And I said, if they're doing this an apartment community in Charlotte, North Carolina, just a few hours up the road from me here in Charleston, I better be figuring out how I can do something similar in my market here to offer to my, in, for my single family properties that we manage, because people are going to be leaving those apartment communities and coming to the single family rentals. And they're going to be expecting the same type of, of programs. And so that was really the impetus for me figuring out how we could offer a security deposit replacement program and uh, bring that to the single family space. Nice. And I want to get, I want to dive deep into that because <clears throat> when we were talking, when you first started this, this concept, that was the one that was really like, I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like we got, I learned more about this. So I want, I want everybody to learn more about this as well, but tell us what other programs that, that or other pain points that your program solve for property managers. Well, the pain points, I mean, you know, everybody's offering some form of a tenant legal liability program or requiring in many cases, tenants to have tenant legal liability in some cases, companies are requiring their tenants to have HO4 or a full renter's insurance policy. And, and so there's a lot of companies, a lot of property managers are out there, you know, promoting these programs or, or telling tenants they have to sign up, they have to get an HO4, they have to sign up for tenant legal liability, or maybe offering some type of a security deposit replacement program. But those property managers aren't able to share or benefit in the profits from the premiums that are paid every month by those tenants. And that's because in most cases, property managers are not licensed insurance agents and they don't, and the structure of the programs that they're offering is, are not structured in a way that allows the property manager to benefit. And so that was another key component. If I was going to do something, I wanted to offer the insurance products that the property managers were accustomed to requiring their tenants to be involved in, and also the new product like the security deposit replacement product, but also make it, make these programs be able to be offered in a way that was compliant for the property manager to participate in the profits from those premiums. And that is the hook right there. Cause yes. And that, so that's, so every time I know when I was a property manager, Right. I'm looking at everything and I'm like, okay, this is a win. I want to win, win, win. I want to win for the owner, right? I want to win for the resident and I want to win for the property manager company. If the owner gets a win, the resident gets a win, but all it, all it does is cost me a bunch of time and energy and effort 
and there's no either has to give me some money has to make me money or it has to make my life much easier right, right. It, it has to do one of those two in this case you're you're actually offering both you're actually offering life a lot a lot easier and you're offering some uh, a commission structure on the back end that's correct and it's really it's it's different than a commission structure it's actually a, a a share of the profits. Profit sharing. So, okay, yes, profit sharing. So it's a partnership. And so uh, the property manager gets to participate in the profits of that partnership. So you look at the security deposit replacement. I mean, think about a tenant right now. You know, typically a tenant has to come up with before they can even think about moving into a property, they have to come up with a first month's rent. Yep. They have to come up with a full month of security deposit. Some cases, a month and a half or two months rent for a security mm-hmm. deposit. Yep. So now we're at two to three times the rent is, right. you know, up if, front. You a, if you have a, then pet. there's a pet fee, then there's a, you know, there's uh, utility hookup fees. And it is tip. There's also maybe a lease processing fee sometimes, right. Or an lease processing fee. or admin fee. There's other fees. And so tenants are having to come up with literally thousands, thousands of dollars before they can even move in and have right. a place for their family to live. And so, so that's a, that's a strain on tenants. And, you know, we see nationally, the trend is right now, I think over a third of the states around the country have either passed legislation already, or there is legislation being considered or pending that would make it favorable for those states to offer some type of security deposit replacement program. So there certainly has been an awareness in many states and in some cities as well, in municipalities that are saying this, this is too much. There's too much money that a tenant is having to come up with. And so we need to encourage landlords and property managers to offer different programs. So that's where the tenant wins because in a security deposit replacement product, they don't have to come up with all of that security deposit upfront. They can pay a small monthly insurance premium and then then the landlord is protected in the event that there's damage or unpaid rent at the end of that lease term. So let's talk a little bit about that in a second, but I do want to bring up everything is going the way of no more uh, upfront fees. Like I always look at the technology industry. I can't buy QuickBooks anymore for whatever, $500 and then, you know, have a yearly subscription. I can only buy it now for $29 or $48 a month. I remember when buying a car, they used to ask you, what can you afford? Everything is built based upon your monthly payments. And I think we're the last industry or one of the last ones that are having all this money come up front. And so more and more people are like, I want to pay a monthly fee. I don't want to pay an upfront fee. And what I have found when I did the math, that if you charge monthly fees, typically we make more money because the the upfront fee maybe only gets you for a year lease, but most people are staying in the lease three years and you're missing out on some of that income. And for, and for the resident, they're paying a lot less money up front. So your, your barrier to entry is less. So, so then you get to, you get to rent your places quicker, which when's the one time the employer, which one time the owner fires you typically is when you can't get the place rented. Right. right? And so if you get these things rented quicker, so let's say I'm a property manager and I'm listening to this and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this sounds great. Take me through the steps of how I would not just sign up, but how do I implement this moving forward? Do I, do I do everybody? Do I just do like, uh, and like, so just kind of like, let's walk through those steps. Well, I mean, to implement the program, there's a, there's a couple of things you can do. Certainly you could start by offering it to all 
new residents, new tenants that are coming in, signing a new lease. You know, we provide documentation, the lease addendum. We provide an explanation of benefits of, of coverages for the program because, again, the property manager is not a licensed insurance agent, so they can't talk about those things. So we provide all the documentation. You know, we now, work with the property. Do we have to Go offer ahead. a security deposit for the for a new resident coming in? Like, is it like, oh, you have to only take this program or if they want to pay a security deposit, do they have the option to do that? Well, remember, you can't force someone to take an insurance product that you're offering. So or that you so you, you have to offer an option. Yes. And so we certainly recommend offering the option of a full security deposit, whether that's one month's rent, one and a half month's rent, two months rent, whatever that would be. Or there's an insurance product for a, for a nominal monthly fee that uh, can take the place of your traditional security deposit. Now, does their credit determine how much I'm going to pay my, for my premium? Or how does that work? How does a property management company know what, what so, they can charge? So we wanted to make this simple for the property manager. And again, you know, renters insurance solutions. I mean, myself, I conceived the idea. I brought in some some partners, Craig Deering and Jeff Deering from GDAA property management down in, in Round Rock, Texas. And and we really so as property managers and property management professionals, we really wanted to make this simple for our clients, you know, on the insurance side. And so we said, what are some of the other companies doing that are that have these products that are you know, position themselves as security deposit replacements. And they were, a lot of those companies require the application to be sent off to them to be reviewed so that they can then determine what the insurance premium is going to be and all this stuff. And we said, that's too complicated. That takes more time. And so what we do is upfront, when we are talking to a property management company, we ask them to provide us with the last three years of information from their portfolio on their security deposit dispositions. And so we review that information and then we give the property manager a a rating based on what they've been doing. And then that rating coincides to a fee scale, a, a schedule of premiums that they will charge to all of their applicants. So it's very simple for the property manager. Great. So if I have some A-class homes and some D-class homes, am I still charging the same premium across the board or do I have the flexibility as the property management company to change the premiums? Like, do you give me a range or is it- Yeah, absolutely. We give you some flexibility. We set we set what the minimum is for you and we give you some flexibility or some guidance as to what you can do if you have a, a non-conforming tenant or a non-conforming application. We give you some guidelines as to what you can do within the, the premiums that are filed to collect more premium for in those situations. So absolutely. Yeah. So the win for the resident is I come up, come out of pocket less money and I'm paying this basically monthly fee to, to have security. The win for the property manager is I'm going to be part of this bonus structure or this, this profit sharing. And I'm also going to cover this house right through this premium. So take me through what's the, what's, what's in it for the, for the owner. Well, certainly here's a couple of things that are in it for the owner. As you alluded to earlier, Pete, the, you know, the, the, the owner doesn't want vacancy. They want a tenant in place. They want a tenant in there as quickly as possible. And so anything that we can do to reduce the burden on the tenant bringing in a lot of money up front, has, we have a better chance of renting that property faster. And so, so that's one definite benefit to the owner. Another benefit to the owner is on the backside of the scenario 
you know, in a case where a tenant, you know, leaves and there's unpaid rent or there's damages or things like that, and they've been paying their insurance premium all along, well, if that tenant doesn't immediately, you know, come out of pocket and pay the damages that they've that they've incurred, then the property manager can immediately file a claim against the policy. And within 48 hours, we'll have money in the property manager's hands that they can use to, to make repairs, make, make good on you know, the obligations under that lease up to the coverage limits in the policy. And so the owner isn't having to wait for, any, for a length of time for there to be you know, money recovered. And so then that can help their property get ready faster, get you know, turned around faster so that they can move on to the next tenant. So there's, there's another advantage there to, and potentially to the owner. Less out of pocket for the owner. Right. 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 If, if we're chasing the money from the resident, the owner's got to cover, cover those right. funds. Now, right. is it true that you can actually, like, let's just say I had a $1,500 deposit that I would normally take, but I can go ahead and with the, with this insurance premium, I can actually insurance insured for almost double. Right. So I can, the insurance premium would be less, but I can insure it for $3,000. Is that, is that some, is that possibility as well? That certainly is again, each property manager. And we, you know, we give the options to the property management company as to how they want to roll that out and work that in their market. But that, that certainly is an option. They can choose to have additional coverage on the property, which, you know, again, helps the owner if instead of, you know, Instead of one month's rent and security deposit, now maybe the uh, the premium that's charged to the tenant will cover one and a half months or two months. Right. So it's another way to market to your to your mm-hmm. owners that we get two months rent, but we also get your place rented quicker because we're yep. only charging this this monthly premium. So that's right. Take, take me through. So um, let's say the resident um, has, has been there a year, and now they're going to move out. So they've been paying their premium all year. So let's go before that. What happens if they stop paying the premium and they're only paying the monthly rent? Because I'm assuming that uh, for most managers, we're going to have a separate line item in our in our books, right? So it's going to have rent at fifteen hundred, let's just say, and then insurance premium at whatever thirty bucks. I'm just throwing a number out there, mm-hmm. uh, and then. We're we're getting the monthly. Are we getting a monthly invoice from from Resident Insurance, your company, Resident Insurance, right. and I'm paying that monthly invoice, right? Correct. Which ninety nine percent of the time, no problem because you know the the residents are paying their full their full amount. Now, what happens if a resident does not pay their premium? Is the manager stuck with it, or do we just terminate? Like, how? What what's your what's your recommendation on solving that challenge? Well, in that case, there would be a lease violation because there is an addendum to the lease that states that the, the resident has selecting this program in lieu of uh, upfront security deposit and a little large sum of money. And so then there would be a lease violation. And so that should be handled by the property manager, just like any other lease violation, you know, situation that would be handled. And so they could, you know, they can take, they can take the next month's rent apply that to outstanding charges, which in this case would be the outstanding insurance premiums because they want to make sure that that policy stays in effect, of course. And then any money that's left over is applied to rent blast. I know that's how we do it at New Heights. Depending on how your lease reads, you need to follow, you know, what your lease says or what your state laws are. But, you know, so that would be the, the way to do that or to, you know, perhaps even, you know, have to take the step to say, okay, if you're not paying the total charges that you're responsible for the tenant, then we need to take further action, which could be eviction. Right. Now, can we cancel that policy from them if they, if they stop paying it or would that be something that we don't, 
we, we yeah, you wouldn't want to cancel forward. the policy in the sense that because you don't have a security deposit on hand. And so if you cancel the policy, then you've got nothing. Right. So, right. Okay. And, so, and so you don't want to remove them from the protection under the, the policy that's there. Got it. So do you find that most of your, and I know we're talking about the 1% guys, so I'm not trying to scare anybody from this, but right. do you find that most people just charge the owner that premium if it's not being paid so that the owner gets the coverage that they're supposed to get during, because this is going, obviously this would be going towards an eviction, right? At this point, what we're seeing is kind of more what I talked about, which is, you know, applying any new monies that come in towards the most outstanding payments that are responsible and do. I haven't seen any cases yet where anybody's charging an owner. Yeah. Cause it's so. doesn't really happen very often. Right. Okay. So now uh, Pete, the resident has been there a year. He's been paying his monthly premium and now Pete, the resident moves out and everything is fine. There is no, you know, there's maybe, maybe there's uh, some cleaning that we need to charge back. Take me through that process. So what the property manager would do would be to, to go out there and see that there's some cleaning that needs, they maybe uh, Pete didn't follow the move out instructions. And so there's going to be a $150 yeah, Pete, charge. He never follows any rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said that, not me, Pete. <laughs> and so, you know, and so then at that case, in that case, then what we would ask the property manager to do is send a demand letter to Pete that just says, hey, Pete, you know, the terms of your lease say that you would, you agree that you would follow the move out instructions. When you moved out, you didn't follow those instructions. And so you owe us $150 okay. and then give Pete, you know, three days or five days to, to comply by sending the property manager that, that fee. If Pete doesn't send that fee, then the property manager can file a claim against the policy. The policy, uh, the claim packet is sent to us. And then, you know, within 48 hours, we would fund the claim back to the property manager. So the property manager would get their money within 48 hours, you know, two business days of filing that claim. And then what we would do on our end is then we would reach out to Pete and we would say, Hey Pete, remember that property that you left and that you didn't do all the cleaning? Uh, you still owe $150 for that. And we really don't want to send you to collections. So we'd really like you to send us the $150. And then if Pete doesn't send the $150 to us as the insurance company, then we would send it off to collections. And then Pete would, you know, go so, through the collection process. Now, the beauty of this, the beauty of this, I don't have to, I don't have to follow collections anymore. You don't have to do, the, you don't have to do collections, but also if we collect that money before we send it to collections, if we collect that money, then that $150 is going to go right back into the premium pot right, the that we pay the profits out to the property manager of. If we have to send it to collections, then obviously there's some collection fees that would need to come out of that money that we collect before that money would then be, so whatever's property, left would be sent into the right, premium. So as a pot. property manager, the less the least amount of claims we put out there, the more bonus money we're going to get. The more claims we put out there, the less bonus money we're going to get, or we can get dropped if we put a lot of claims out there, I'm assuming. So it's, you know, it's a standard insurance program, insurance product. You, you put a pot of money aside to pay claims. Right. The less claims you pay, the more money there is to distribute as profits at the end right. of the day. And, and understand too, that, you know, profit distributions, especially on security deposit products, you know, it's going to take a little while to build up enough reserves to handle those, those claims that will come. And typically the claims really, they won't come until after year one. You know, so 
Yeah. So it's, what is it like a three years before you have to put into it before you start getting any money out? Is that about? Uh, two, years. two years, two years, typically, yep. typically it's two years before we would start uh, seeing distributions on the security deposit product. That's correct. All right. So now Pete leaves and the, and the house is a mess. It's not, it's not 150 bucks. It's like $3,000. Is this the same? Basically is the same concept. I put a claim in, uh, how you put the work? claim in and then the policy would pay out up to the limit of the policy. So we would look and see what, what coverage you elected or what coverage you, you know, you were charging Pete for whatever insur- the cap of the insurance coverage was. That's how much the claim would be for the insurance company would take care of that claim and they would take care of pursuing Pete for getting that money back. And then if there was more money that was still owed by Pete, then the property manager would have to decide if they were going to pursue Pete for the for that for the amount that was over and above what the insurance coverage was for. So this solves uh, one one thing it solves for the property manager is like it reduces the number of collections that I got to I got to go handle. Absolutely. Right? And the other thing I'm feeling like this solves the security deposit dispute that seems to be a just a bugger of a burden for all of us property managers. And so with this, with this solution, I have less security deposit disputes, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. You should have less security deposit disputes. You know, we'll see how that works over a longer period of time as we, you know, as we work through the program and more and more folks get on the program. But, you, you know, also the other thing that it helps with the property manager, Pete, is since I'm not holding a security deposit that I have to have a security deposit disposition done within 14 days or 20 days or 30 days, depending yeah. on what the state law is, I, I have an insurance product. So I really don't have to worry as much about those, those days isn't because Georgia, I'm not returning Georgia like three days or something crazy. Like uh, I know I Texas is 14, but yeah, yeah. I know yeah, there's we're some, 30 there's days in South like Carolina three too. Or five days or something. Yeah. So yeah. Right. So that, you're, you're eliminating that, that, right. that constraint because you're, you're not holding their money and giving them back their money. So, so that's very so beneficial. Now, if I wanted to, uh, so let's say I'm a property manager and I sign up with you guys and I love this product and I'm getting it out there to my, you know, to my new people first. And I'm like, man, this is working great. I want to get this to my existing folks. Is that legal? Can we do that? Can we ask them if they want to move over to this to this product? And I'm guessing during a lease renewal is when we ask. Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, is it legal? I mean, there's no reason that it's not legal uh, that I'm aware of. Check your state laws, of course. I'm not in every state, so can't speak to every state law. But, you know, uh, certainly, you know, we can, you know, there's no reason that we understand from the state insurance commissioners that it's not legal. And, and then the other thing I would say is, you know, make sure you notify your owners you know, make sure you, you tell your owners what you're going to do because your owners are under the impression that you're holding that security deposit right now. So right. if you're going to, if you're going to offer to give the security right. deposit back to the tenant in, in lieu of them signing up for the insurance product, then you might want to make sure your owners are aware of that. And then the last thing I would say is you probably want to do a, a visual evaluation of the property to make sure that the property is in good condition. Because again, remember, if you bring, if you Put a claim in. Somebody's trashed the property and you haven't gone out there and seen it and you give them their security deposit back and now they start paying a premium for, for security deposit replacement and then they leave, you know, guess guess what? There's a big claim and that claim comes out of your premium pot. So right. 
you're, you're really hurting yourself if you don't get out there and do a, a visual evaluation of the property to make sure that it's in good condition before you offer to return that security deposit. Think about how powerful this is. This could be. Let's mm-hmm. just say it's November. And yep. I start going to all my residents saying, hey, Phyllis, I see that you have $1,500 here in a security deposit. Would you like that $1,500 back and, and have this $40 or $30 or whatever it is a month uh, fee instead? And Phil's going to be like, well, heck yeah, I'm going to want that, you know? So I think it's I think it's pretty powerful to get people to transfer over. And is that is that how it would go? Would, would it would be like, hey, I'm going to give you back your $1,500 if you sign this? Right. Here's a lease addendum, right? Here's a lease addendum. If you want to opt in for this program, here's what it would cost you each month. And if you do that, then we would return your security deposit to you. Correct. Yep. That's exactly how it would go. And, you know, during these difficult times with COVID and with, you know, people out of jobs and different things. And, and you mentioned, you know, November, December, January timeframe two certainly would be another great, great timeframe yeah, to, credit card to reach card. out. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, and offer it, I think it's, you know, it's definitely something that would bring value to, to your tenants. Now, if I wanted to sign up just for this product with, with you guys, am I, can I do that? Or do I need to sign up for all your products or how does that work? No, we have, you know, we have the three different products right now that, that property manager can select from and they can choose one or multiple of the products, depending on what their needs are in their, in their company and in their market area. And just re- re- remind, refresh my memory. So you got the security deposit product. You have the tenant liability product. And tenant legal liability, right? Uh, and the then the, the third one is the HO4 or the full-blown renters, renters insurance coverage. Renters insurance. Okay. Yeah. I, yep. That was one thing early on that I was getting pressured to have the tenant liability insurance. I think I was with property at the time and they were trying to sell, sell it through their, through their okay. tenant portal. And I'm like, well, what about contents? And they're like, oh no, it's just liability. And I'm like, well, that's just a win for the owner. That's not a win-win. Right. Like, how do we get it to be a win-win? So you actually have one for HO4, which is contents, right? And one for liability. Right. So the the liability, the tenant legal liability product that we offer does offer a small amount of content coverage for the tenant, about five thousand dollars. So there is something in it for the tenant if if that's standard in your market and what you know, you, you typically do, you can, you know, by using our tenant legal liability program, you can have same coverage, but again, the difference is the property manager gets to participate in the profit sharing at the end of the day. Now, if, if you want to, if your tenant says, well, I want more coverage for my contents, $5,000 isn't enough to cover the value of my contents, then you can move them into a product that's closer to the HO4 or the HO4 product where they can, then the tenant can actually go on our website and complete their application and they can select 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40, up to a hundred thousand dollars of coverage for content. And then the premium, they'll pay the premium and, and they'll be covered. And then we would, if the tenant does that option, then of course we would be able to let the property manager know that the premium is being paid and you know, let the property manager know of any lapses in coverage or anything else. So on the property management side, how, how much do I need to have a full-time person do doing this stuff or like how, how simple is it? Is this like so easy a caveman can do it? Like, you know, one of those yeah. things like, I mean, once it's set up because, you know, so what we, we've, again, we're, you know, we're proper, I'm a property manager, you know, Greg and Jeff are property managers. We, 
we've you know really tried to make this as simple as possible for the property manager. So we've got the documents for you. We've we've got reports from the major systems that we work with. So we grab this data, this information from your system, send it to our system on a weekly basis so that we know which tenants are covered for the security deposit program or the tenant legal liability program. And, you know, we issue a blanket policy. So you're not having to pass policies back and forth every time when somebody moves in or moves out. And, and so this, these reports just can automatically flow back and forth. And then, you know, we know what's going on. You know what's going on. We'll send you, you know, you just go about your normal lease signing process. There's just another addendum at the back of the lease. And then when you collect your rent, you know, there's another line item for that premium that's paid. We'll send you an invoice once a month and you write us a check for that invoice. So it's really simple. You don't have to hire more staff. It's just a matter of training, you know, your existing staff. One more lease addendum. And the one thing I know about you and Greg and Jeff are all process oriented guys. So you're looking at the process, you're making sure it doesn't impact the team too much. And you literally have the easy button, which right. you know, when people think insurance, they just think of com- complexity. And it sounds like you guys taking a complexity out of it and you have the, here's the, here's the easy button. We're going to go ahead and give you the package on it. Here's how you do a through Z. Do you have uh, do you, do you have anybody in your organization that will help um, you know, onboard people so that if, so if they are a little nervous and they're not sure what to do, like you guys will kind of walk, walk them through it. Absolutely. We've got, you know, we've, we've onboarded with several different software packages already. So we know the, the processes and the systems for that. And we will provide all the help and support that anybody needs to, uh, to get this implemented within their, their office. And it's really, again, it's really a, it's a simple it's really a simple process if you just follow the, the process and we'll, we'll help you all throughout the way. Well, Eric, I appreciate you being here, but we're going to go to a commercial break real quick. And then we're going to come to the lightning round, the lightning okay. round. All right. So stay tuned as, uh, as you hear a word from our sponsors. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. All right, welcome back, everybody. So now, Eric, we're going to put you in the hot seat for the lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. They're like one or two word answer questions. Whatever you can think of, you know, just go ahead and answer. And let's get to it. You ready? I'm ready. I see a little bead of sweat there. So I know you're a little (laughs) nervous from the lightning round. All right. What PM software do you use? Propertyware. What is your current structural organization or current Uh, organizational structure? We're a pod structure. So we use pods. 
pods. Okay. Do you use virtual assistants? Yes, absolutely. Do you have BDMs? Yes, absolutely. What is one piece of advice you would give someone just starting out in the PM business? Join NARPM and get involved. I like that second one. Get involved. <laughs> Brian Birdie, right? Wasn't that his tagline? That's, that was his theme. Yes. His yes. Theme. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I can go either way. I enjoy it with, with pizza with and without. That's being very non-committal right there. Okay. Doesn't want the pineapple people after him. <laughs> what book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life? Uh, what book am I currently reading? Currently reading Never Split the Difference. My oh, second yeah. time Voss? through that book. Chris Voss, it's a great book. Negotiating and, and, and dealing with people in difficult situations. If you ever have a chance to see him speak, not just jump at it. He is an oh, incredible really? speaker and he, he's just got great stories. Yes, he does. He's got some great stories. That's for sure. The stories that he says in the book, he, he kind of elaborates a little bit more. Okay. Amazing. What Disney character do you most associate with? Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. All right. What is one challenge you're currently facing in your business? Everybody wants to sell. All right. Losing doors to sales. Prefer cats or dogs? Dogs. And that's it. That's the end of the lightning round. You survived it. It wasn't that great. Time. No. So Eric, if uh, somebody's interested in getting in contact with you, how or do you have a website or how do they get in contact and how do they learn more information about the resident insurance program? Sure. You can go to our website, yourris.com. That's Y O U R R I S.com. Or our phone number is 512 384 1724. And we'd be happy to, to we're going to have a booth at the NARPM convention in Kansas City. So that'll be fun to see the NARPM folks there. And this podcast may come out after that, but uh, that's okay. What about, but yeah, uh, certainly go to our website. Email. Do they have an email that they can reach out to in info at or something like that? Yeah. Or, let me make or, sure. Or let's give everybody I, a personal one. That's support at your RIS.com is the best email address to uh, get somebody support at your RIS.com. Excellent. And if you want to join NARPM, Go to narpm.org, N-A-R-P-M.org, or give them give the nice folks a call at 800-782-3452. And although I'm asking you for an email, I don't know what NARPM's email is. I'm assuming it's info at narpm.org. Info uh, at narpm.org is info. an email address that can be used to reach NARPM. Yes. <laughs> it is an email address. And if you're interested in virtual assistance, Feel free to contact me, Pete at vpmsolutions.com or go to VPM, Victor, Peter, Management or, or Virtual Property Management, vpmsolutions.com. Eric, thank you so much for being here today. And until next time, folks, we're over and out. Talk to you later. Bye. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.